Hey everyone, it's Brent. I just wanted to remind you all to to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash you're making it worse. We have an extra feature every week that is way more personal than we even get already on the podcast. <laughs> we would love for you to join because we we love doing this for you. I'm I, I got drunk and I don't know what I'm I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's perfectly really fine. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> we have this Patreon and you would love it. You'd love it. There's even more relentless ragging on my supposed it's sex true. life and it's Alan's <laughs> Alan's obsession with reading books at bars. <laughs> so Which I did I did once found. I did once in New York City and Brent won't let it go. No literally one by thing... the way, this is this is Alan. He's like, Oh, you never do jokes about me. They're always about Elliot. And I'm like, Okay, no. fine. Well, I'll I'll extrapolate on the joke about you being a dork, boring nerd. I would, and he's I, like, how dare you? Because how dare you? I think after 20 years of a friendship, you would have something not from 14 years ago. That's the reason. <laughs> but let me also tell people that if you have been listening to this podcast for 20 years, you should go leave a little comment and re- review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And on Spotify now, too, you can actually leave comments on the actual episode. You can react to the episode, which is really exciting. Episodes. So. Go ahead and leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. It really, 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 really does help the podcast help us in the algorithm and all the other things. So if you've never rated us or left us a review, please go and do that right now. Every time we get a five-star review, Elliot spreads his legs and twerks. So You can cut, you can cut that part. No, no. no <laughs> that was, you ended perfectly, Alan, and then... <laughs> Had to throw in the visual of me spreading my legs. Well, now you're ending it, Elliot. <laughs> now you're ending. <laughs> you literally, you literally just made it more desirable to leave it in you, with that comment. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. Okay, so it should come as no surprise to anybody that it is actually really hard and horrible to be any kind of queer person in the country of Russia. I mean, I don't know oh, how dare you. I don't think this is going to be a shock to many people. However, there is a new story about a student, a college student named Max, who was studying architecture and urban planning at Kuban State University in a city in southern Russia. And he was expelled and arrested for posting makeup tutorial online. So it wasn't because the makeup was bad, although I questioned it. It was, <laughs> it was because uh, he, what they accused him of promoting, quote unquote, sort of sex change among minors and that he was also promoting homosexuality. And his story went viral with media in Russia portraying him as the bad person in the situation, which led to further abuse from people. I mean, it's it's so shocking and stupid that, like, a journalist would actually be like, can you believe this kid is posting makeup tutorials? And then they're giving him shit for doing it. Anyway, in uh, 2003, and this is just a little background on Russian sort of laws against queer people, um, Russia passed a law banning LGBTQ propaganda in 2013, restricting the distribution of information relating to basically anything queer among minors. And then in December 2022, the government expanded legislation to ban any mention of LGBTQ plus people in media. Isn't that great? And then in July, there was a stringent law passed, uh, essentially preventing trans people from accessing any kind of gender affirming health care. So this also reminded me of not long ago, there were videos, which we've talked about here on the podcast, of uh, straight people, basically terrorists, um, using Grinder to lure queer men into situations for hookups, etc., and then basically terrorizing them, beating them, and police looking the other way, and kind of enjoying the videos when they were posted online. Um, so it's it's bad. It's like it's really bad to be queer. And the student has left the country. I don't know exactly where he is. I think he might be in London, but he left the country, and it sucks that he had to leave his country just because he can't post his makeup tutorials online, which is absurd. Mm. Um, and it reminded me of sort of like, sure, it's, I think, much worse in Russia, but a lot of the shit happening here in the United States and a lot of the laws and the language coming around with with people going to Pride events and filming Pride events to out groomers at these Pride events, these sort of right-wing uh, uh, 
activists who do that. It's wild what they're doing. And then also the same thing, you know, mentioned not to mention like the whole shooting at the Colorado bar and the laws being passed against queer and drag people sort of doing any sort of presence of anything queer or drag in public in some states like Texas and Tennessee, among other states. So, yeah, it's bad. I mean, has it feels like, you know, this story shows that Russia has becoming has been becoming you know, more visibly anti-gay over the last decade or so. Well, let's I'm be, well, it's, no, Russia has always been anti-gay. Russia right. is a very conservative country religiously and also just politically. So it's not like it was new, new, but the, it's new in terms of the laws being passed. Right. And do you think that's a res- like, I wonder if that's a response to anything or just like a worldwide, the need to, I mean, does it mirror like what's happening here? I guess it, it, you basically described it as such. Like it mirrors this sort of new conservative, new old school conservative attempt to retain like old conservative values. But they're yeah, doing absolutely. Obviously there's also more. a very there's there. I mean, I'm sure Russia, the Russian government, is not afraid to throw anything that would be a distraction from their. I mean absolute disaster of a war in ukraine um so i would imagine there's any number of factors playing in i mean it's it's it is like in the united states like you know whenever whenever the republican party needs a distraction they will take out social issues as sort of wedge issues and and you know russia is definitely no different i mean this happens i think quite frankly in most countries it's not just russia or the united states you you see this almost everywhere a lot of social issues become you know, contentious wedge issues. Sorry, but the Al, difference, but... I think the difference with Russia and other countries outside the United States is that Russia uses this as sort of a, you know, by the promotion of or by the visibility of queer people in public settings or government or media, et cetera, it's a Western value then. So it's sort of like Western propaganda. It's, it's propaganda that they're basically saying, like, this is an influence of the Western influence on Russia and its people and its way of life. And so... Queer people is an invention of the ultra liberal United States sort of woke Western philosophy. And it we don't want that to come over and sort of ruin our country. And you see that happening in Russia, of course. You see that happening in many conservative. I mean, you see this propaganda coming up in sort of small African nations that are passing similar laws too against queer people. We talked about Oh you We talked about that a couple episodes ago with I think was it Rwanda? I forget. I, I, I forget. Oh, oh, Uganda, you son of was a bitch. Was it Uganda? Was it Uganda? <laughs> I think it yeah, also... It was, yeah, it was well, Uganda. Regardless, so there are countries all over the world that are using the Western influence of sort of like liberal ideology, quote unquote, to then pump up sort of anger at the United States because we don't want to be like them. Maybe there's a way. Maybe there's a way to like take some of that Russian propaganda, show it to a bunch of crazy Trump supporters and maybe get them <laughs> to like move to Russia. Is there any way we could get well to Trump supporters to move to Russia? We tried the Facebook. whole <laughs> Facebook. We try and we tried that during the 2016 election, didn't Russia? They tried to do that. It didn't I don't know how well I guess it worked a little bit in terms of, you know, some of the things that happened, but yeah, it kind of works. There, Russia is very active well, in the that's, United that's, States on social media, and that's and that's the funniest part of all. It's like you know, I don't know when these people are so Americans when the Amer- when Americans are so um, ready to like you know spew off or go off or whatever about the things that they hate and like you know having their quote unquote freedom taken away. I'm like, then move. Yeah. Then move. Go yeah, move to Afghanistan. Like. Go hang out with the yeah. Taliban. You'd love exactly. them. They Go wouldn't love it. you, by the way, but you'd love them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. There's this obsession with like, and I get on one level, having come from Missouri and sort of seeing sort of like the decline of sort of middle class blue collar jobs and people and working, I can get where a lot of people are coming from when they're afraid of a certain way of life and living is being taken away from them, even though it can sometimes border on being very ignorant, racist, homophobic, sexist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's, so I, I can empathize with the impulse to feel like that fear of change is going to dramatically impact my life into which I'm not going to be able to provide for my family or live the way I've always lived. I get that. But at the of same course, time, of course, there is this sort of, because of, because of the way we exist in this country and because this country is just frankly, 
it can be very racist and homophobic and sexist that we default sometimes to our worst of ways. And and the, they come out in, you know, they, they that they think loss of jobs is the result of, you know, affirmative action. That's not the case. But they think it is and because it's an easy target for them to go go after. And then they become the, the racist Karens at Walmart or whatever it is, like whatever the viral video is that week. And it's uh, it's disgusting, but it is yeah. it is a symptom of again this propaganda that then politicians use to make people angry in order to get them to go out and vote because it benefits Ted Cruz and the others to then be like, oh yeah, they're taking your jobs. Be angry about that, and they yeah. don't do anything. We'll, we'll to continue them. giving tax breaks to a bunch of billionaires. Yeah, and 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 allow and any American corporation to eliminate whatever jobs using AI, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should get as mad as you want about yeah. all these social issues because that's what keeps you in line with my value system. So I, that's a great point. And I agree completely, Alan. That said, I guess the question is, Elliot, are you going to cancel your trip to meet some gentlemen in St. Petersburg and <laughs> Moscow, et cetera? What is your what are your plans now, given this news story? Unfortunately, um, nope. there's still very much on the calendar. Oh, but you would love Russia, though. It's so cold there. I know. I want to go to what is it? You don't so, uh, Alan, oh my God, Brent! What was the name of the place that you used to send yeah, me? I wanted Yakutsk. to move to <laughs> Yakutsk in in Russia or it's the, cold, it's the coldest. It's in Russia. It, I think it's the. I forget in Siberia in Russia. I fucking can't remember. There's a there's yeah. a really hot guy who actually is incredibly feminine, who posts pictures and he lives in Yakutsk and I'm like obsessed with him, and he has all these followers, but for some reason he actually will still respond to me. So I like hit on him all the time. <laughs> Wait, why? If we had if if we had the interest to cut, splice, and isolate tracks from this podcast just to replay earlier and later, I would probably make my ringtone. There's this guy in Yakutsk who's really, really attractive. And what did you say? He's no, really he, he surprisingly said, feminine. He said there's this guy who's who is who's actually surprisingly feminine, like as if it was like. A, like well, look, I mean, I, am I not crazy? Like I, you're a little surprised. Like it's a little surprising when you watch a guy who is lives open. He's not gay, but he lives openly in a like he wears crop tops and stuff. And like he lives in Yakutsk in russia and you're like wow all right this is just a it's a little atypical i mean we're t- we're talking about a news story where uh, uh a gay guy just basically got banished from the country yeah. run out of, of town for doing that and it's just it's just it's surprising i'm always shocked when people are able no matter where they live people choose to live their best life and i i absolutely tip my hat to them it reminds wait, me wait. of the joke it sounds like you guys don't so it, okay no fair it, enough. it reminds on that it, no it reminds me of the joke of like west hollywood where you have these like muscle guys who look all like masculine and stuff and then they open their mouth and it's just like patty lapone comes out. out yeah not even joking so we've got with us today lauren ashley smith uh hi lauren or is it Hi. Lauren Ashley? You're like Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm just Lauren. No need to to throw me the, the SJ treatment. I'm oh not But it would be so cool if you could be like, yeah, I'm LAS. You know yes. what I mean? Like you're like you're like a like you're like a subway in New York or something. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Lauren's the head writer and co-executive producer of um, a black lady sketch show. I formerly, love, yes, formerly, first yes, two seasons only. Yes, yes. Can't but take the credit fir- for the last two. But you were the first black woman to be the head writer of a sketch comedy show, too. Yes, I suppose so. It's really unfathomable that that is the yeah. case because yeah, time has has been going for quite some time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's been quite a few sketch shows. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's why. I mean, that is wild to think like. On one hand, it must be nice to like break a record. You know what I mean? Like it must be that must that's a good feeling, but at the same time there is that like did it really need to take this long sort of vibe? You yeah. Know? And certainly I wasn't the first person to come along that was like qualified to do the job. Like yeah. it's not that I'm special in any way. It's just that the stars align that way. There are plenty of people that I'm sure could have been tapped for that for many, many shows before me. Yeah. Well, I would not underestimate yourself. Come on. I mean, <laughs> my favorite thing. Oh, go ahead. I loved, I mean, particularly the first season. I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch much of last season, but I watched the first three seasons and it's just 
such a fantastic show. I love every single year when it's up for the Emmys and they have this sort of like, it's only like that show and Saturday Night Live basically on, yes. that are nominated in the category. I always secretly want, I mean, not secretly, because I have a lot of friends on SNL, but I'm also like, I want this show to win. I want SNL to fall down and I want this show <laughs> to win. And I'm like hoping that all of my friends on SNL don't get another fucking Emmy. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a remarkable, it is an achievement unto itself because even though there are a lot of sketch shows, I mean, what, what about working on this one besides, I mean, there are obvious answers to this, but like, what about working on this one made it feel special or, or different? Um, I mean, there's so many reasons, but the, the key reason is that it was like, I, I always tell people that like I love comedy. Like since I could consume media, I love sketch. I loved um sitcoms, improv, all that stuff. And late night too. And I felt like as a consumer, as a viewer for a long time, there were shows that I really loved and really appreciated, but I felt like I was never the intended audience. Like mm. I I I I liked it. It was funny to me as um, a byproduct or a side effect, not as the intent. So to like center black people, center black women Mm -hmm. and black women of every type or as many types as we could get to um, felt very special. And like, oh my gosh, wow, I get to do comedy that is made intentionally for my sensibility and people who might have the same cultural understanding that I do. And not just like, oh, if you like it, that's because like it happened to land with you because you were certainly not the intended audience. There was one sketch in the first season that it was like a support group and Angela Bassett made the appearance. It's an iconic episode and it's just, and her appearance on, I think she got nominated for an Emmy for it, didn't she? She did. Yeah. And it is such a funny, interesting, I mean, you would not expect Angela Bassett to show up in any kind of comedy really ever. Do you, you know what I mean? How did that come about? Um, she, I, if I remember correctly, she was the first celebrity who said yes to doing our show. She was oh. the first person we cast. Um, the sketch was written with her in mind. Unlike any other sketch on that show, we like often would say like we would write sketches and then cast celebrities after the sketches were written. That sketch from the beginning when Ray Sani wrote it was Angela Bassett is going to be the leader of the bad bitches as she should be because (laughs) she's Angela Bassett. And, um, you know, it makes sense. Like I, my sisters and I, uh, not necessarily joke, but we talk about like my sister, Mariah really firmly believes that like Jennifer Aniston is our greatest living comedian. And (laughs) I worship Lisa Kudrow and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And those are two people that are like, excellent comedic actors but when you think about them they are funny because they're great actors period so angela bassett is a great actor period so of course she can be funny because she's a brilliant actor and that it was like so fun and cool to sit there very up close and watch her do comedy at which she is incredibly capable we just don't get to see that side of her all the time and that was the beauty of that show let me ask you lauren what did you watch growing up what what sort of inspired you when you were a kid Oh my gosh, I watched and still watch way too much TV. Um, but I definitely watched a lot of In Living Color. Yeah. Watched Seinfeld constantly. Um, Will and Grace. A lot of like, I think my favorite show like as a kid was Ghost Rider. So like mm. stuff that was like oh geared God. towards like young people for sure. But then also a lot of like just like. Um, there was a sitcom called Rock that I really liked. Oh my God, I, I remember Rock. Rock. Yeah. The Garbage Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, live episodes Rock. of Rock. That was also an episode where they had like a gay storyline that was a first for television too. Rock was a huge show. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Rock what was, was the storyline. Do you I remember? For, I forget, but there was, it was a really big episode and it was like a first for television. And I, I, I'm forgetting the premise and everything. We can look it up, but it was, The Rock was an important show or Rock was an important yeah. show. It, I love that show. And I loved like, you know, being in a black family, like having access to so many sitcoms, like The Parenthood, 
um, Up All Night, which Patti LaBelle was on. Yep. Like, she just was a full-on sitcom star for a couple years. Yeah. Martin, like, all, all of those shows. Hanging with Mr. Like, Cooper? Hanging with Mr. Right. Cooper. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, <laughs> everything to me. So, like, a lot of sitcom for sure. Not as many movies because we didn't have, like, a ton of money growing up. So, I didn't go to the movies that often. Blockbuster was more like we would go rent movies. Oh, yeah. 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 My sisters and I would have to always agree on which ones we were getting. So, we just end up getting the same couple ones all the time. <laughs> So, like, the Brady Bunch movie we rented, like, every Mm. week. Austin Powers we rented, like, every week. Like, it was just, like, the Mm. same four movies, pretty much. I I once interviewed Brandy, and we were talking, like, part of the interview was that there was, like, a black renaissance on television in the 90s, and then it just stopped. It literally just stopped, like, in the early aughts, and it became, you had to go to basic cable, you had to go to extended Mm -hmm. cable. Like, it blows me away that... There more people don't talk about that. You know what I mean? Yes. It was abrupt because it was so I mean, the the thing that was so beautiful about that time was that because like right now people say we're in the golden age of television, which has been going on for years and years and years, because there's like hundreds of television shows. Like there it's like something like four hundred something or five hundred something television shows. So few of those shows are black shows. Whereas back in the day, like if you were like, oh, if you don't like uh, for whatever reason, if you're unwell, if you don't like Sister Sister, you can watch Rock. Mm, yeah. If you don't like Rock, you can watch City Guys. If you don't like City Guys, you can watch Hang with Mr. Cooper. Yeah. That's not really the case as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Where it's like we, it feels like we get like one or two black shows at a time that are allowed to be out, and that's it. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate because that's not the case for like shows that feature white people. Like if there's like two, if there were two shows with prominent black leads that were took place in a law firm people be like well there's already the other one yeah. whereas there's like mm. a billion white people doing law shows you <laughs> yeah, know every david kelly show and yeah i always yeah. get like the the boston legal and then oh they're all the, something they're all legal the same. <laughs> yeah. there's so many shows about uh doctors and cops and lawyers i just can't believe it keeps happening and like so many i don't i don't watch it but i do i will go back for a second i do i love how you said uh for a minute ago lauren you said if you are unwell and you don't (laughs) like watching rock or whatever i the 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 implication being that if you don't like rock you are unwell yeah or sister 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 there's something wrong with you if you don't like sister sister that's 100 percent yeah also wasn't it wasn't it um recently the 20th anniversary of of living single premiering yes no 30th it would have been 30th because that was oh yeah you're right i think it's 30 yeah oh my god yeah that also i mean i feel like for so long has gone at least i mean among the among like the whites it's like it it's not it just seems to not be taken as seriously as like i don't know another show with four yeah young professional women or like whatever sex in the city or the golden girls which is older but like it's very much like in that formula and i think it was i mean i know it was like a a big hit it's like still very much in syndication it's the i'm gonna say on the record, that is the best TV theme show, TV theme I have ever heard and will ever hear. Good to it know. plays in my head constantly. Very important. I yeah. love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like that was also, I mean, you know, it really was a huge part of, of the 90s. And I still don't understand and- how it doesn't get that credit. Especially because it is very obvious. It's like often talked about that, like Friends was built with the framework of living single in mind like that Mm. it's like a very clear one-to-one yeah yeah and a show that gave us like that you know obviously queen latifah was famous before she did living single but it's like it gave us queen latifah on a sitcom it gave us kim fields who already had an iconic character in Mm -hmm. 2d on another sitcom in another Mm -hmm. one and she became a real housewife like this show is like (laughs) the or the epicenter of culture yeah (laughs) right it really is i have to ask you I have to ask you too, as a queer woman, uh, do you, well, let me reframe this. I'm still sort of blown away by the mainstream success that Queen Latifah has only because, only because she's charming, she's multi-talented, but she has always seemed, you know, so aggressively butch in a way that I would imagine would scare away people who are homophobic or whatever. And yet she's always played 
straight characters. And now obviously like that's changed a little bit too. Not always and set it off. Set it off, of course. But I just I'm still sort of flummoxed by the the way she's been able to sort of transcend all audiences by race and age and sexuality. And and maybe I'm crazy, but it seems like it's just because she's so charming. And I guess I wonder what what you think about that. I think that you're right. I think she's it's that she's otherworldly talented and charming. But I think on a very like if I were to do like a scientific analysis, the thing that sticks out to me that allows her to do that is that she was a musician first. Mm-hmm. And people tend to have like the this like over this like uh, an extreme affinity for musicians like thinking about like for example like you can apply the same thing to like athletes who become actors or like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is a good example of that where it's like he was in people's living rooms every Monday or Wednesday or both you know night for a long time and like that's how he has become like now we call him Dwayne Johnson people don't even call him the rock anymore that's crazy yeah but like Thinking about how like um, Ludacris and Ice Cube have become like extreme, like Ice Cube is, yes, like very marketable actors, movie stars. But I think a lot of it is because people really love musicians so much that they're willing to like, just like be like, well, I love that person. It doesn't really matter. I don't care. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. She's also kind of like a, I mean, it's the same thing with like a. I mean, I hate to compare Queen Latifah to this, but like a Paul Lynn in that, like, we like, we, no, we do. We like that there are characters that come on into celebrity hood that mm-hmm. like they, they, they bypass sort of the strict binary of queer and straight and they become a non, they, they become asexual in a lot of ways. And I think Queen Latifah is unfortunately sometimes very asexual in the performances that she gives even in like a a film like one of my favorite christmas movies last holiday i watch it probably three times a year and she's the most asexual woman falling in love with ll cool j in some weird foreign place and yet you you buy it because it's queen latifah you know what i mean i also i do think there's a collective ignorance that our culture is like willing to slip into when someone chooses not to come out like they can yeah. be as yeah. butch, like Paul Lynn. they can be as butch yeah. as possible yeah or um liberace that guy played the fucking piano liberace, that guy that, liberace. oh yeah, yeah yeah sorry yeah you said it the second i was yeah um is it like as long as they don't tell you they're gay you know obviously our society has become infinitely more accepting of homosexuality and so forth uh, in the last you know couple decades, but as long as you don't tell them you're gay, you don't really enter that ethos of I am gay. Therefore, we can yeah. kind of treat them a little bit di- differently. She has been people. more open though in recent years, particularly yes. with like her partner being present in certain spots and photographs, and even talking about like she did hot ones like last year, and she told some story about Tupac and her going to a gay bar. Like it's she's been more and more open, which is really kind of rad yes. in these past few years. And she's the equalizer. I mean, come on. What can't she do? What can't she do? <laughs> Wait, I do want to hear more about her going to a gay bar with Tupac. Yeah, she was doing a show. I mean, you could watch Hot Ones. It's the famous YouTube series about well, eating I'm hot wings. Well, I'm not going to do that, but go ahead. And yeah. she she was in San Francisco performing at uh, some bar in gay bar in San Francisco, and Tupac wanted to stop by and hang with her his BFF Queen Latifah, and they did, and he was really popular at the gay bar, and that's yeah. the story. It's a great episode of Hot Ones. I watch a huge it. Shock, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Um, so speaking of, uh, being a, a queer woman, uh, your wedding announcement was mm. in the New York times, mm. excuse me. Um, and it featured Charlotte York you, over here. <laughs> it's the cute, you have the cutest story of how you met. So I'd love if you shared with our listeners how that happened. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I actually forgot that we were in the New York times. That is kind of like. I'm going to say it as someone who grew up poor in the Midwest. Like, it's kind of legendary, actually. I kind of snapped with that one. Um, (laughs) Trajectory-wise, all my wife's heavy lifting, I'm sure, by, like, (laughs) her being a New York, you know, person. But um, I wrote her coattails into the New York Times. But, um, (laughs) and it's weird, like, when you're in it, they don't tell you you're, you just submit it. And you, oh. they have all these rules, like you're for the pictures, for what you include, for what they call you. Um, it has to be very specific. And so you like submit it 
And then there's never a response like we got it or you messed up this rule so we can't run it or whatever. And it wasn't till like the day before it ran, I got a, a phone call being like, uh, this is the person in the New York Times. We can't um, like, can you just confirm all that, like fact check all this stuff like really quick. And even then they didn't say if it was going to be in it. Oh, wow. And wow. then I just saw it like two days later or something. So it was a really fun, wow. nice surprise. Wow. Yeah, that but was, it was so like, sweet. Who knows? I okay. feel like I feel um, like, but we okay. met. So my wife and I met. We both um we live in LA now, but I lived in New York for a long time. She's from New York. And they have this magazine that I think they have in like a lot of big cities or used to, Time Out. Yeah. Um, Time Out New York. And um my friend's friend had been in what they would do around every Valentine's Day, their singles issue the year prior, where it's like they had like a hundred singles where it's like your name, your age, your hobbies, who you're interested in, blah, blah, blah. And they put your picture in it. This is like pre or as sort of like Tinder is coming on the scene. Yeah. This is we're in like the match.com, chemistry.com, eHarmony era, not so much yeah. like dating apps. Um, so when you're in it, they like ask you for other people who might want to be in it. So through a friend of a friend, I signed up for it. I emailed them my information and then I went to the timeout New York offices to get my picture taken. And I had on like a cute outfit from H and M. And then I had to change into sweats because I was working at the H one at the time and it was the American idol finale. And I had to stay, go to work overnight basically to like do like a news piece about the finale. So I changed into sweats and I'm filling out my release for the photo and my wife walked in and she had like half of her head was shaved. She was in a leopard print dress. Ooh. She just looked extremely Lower East Side vibes. Yeah. And I was like, I truly can't stand being around those types of people. Like I saw her and I was like, I know exactly what this woman came here to do with this photo shoot. Not a fan, whatever. <laughs> she saw me and she was like, that person wore sweats to a photo shoot. What's wrong with them? Oh my God. But we didn't speak. And then... <laughs> Like a week later, they had a party for all the singles in the photo shoot. And um, when I signed up, I had put I was interested in men and women. And at the last minute, I asked the editor, I said, can you take women off? I'm not out at work, like not coming out in time out in New York. That would be very silly. And they're like, <laughs> no problem. So then at the party, I was with a friend and my wife walked past me and my friend at the bar. And she goes like, I remember you from the photo shoot. Ah, like and like made this like face in my face and kept walking. My friend was like, who was that? I was like some lady from the photo shoot. She's so extra. And so my friend and I are like minding our business. And my wife was talking to the editor of the magazine. And the editor said at the last minute, a lot of people changed who they were interested in. And my wife said, point them out. And the editor hmm. pointed to Did? me. Oh yes. my god! The editor Why? outed you. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. That well, that, I mean, thank God he did or she did. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I think it was a woman. Okay. And so my mom was like, who? And she pointed to me and a couple other people. My wife was like, cool. She came over and started talking to me. We hit it off because, like I said, I worked at BH1 and she's a white woman and she worked at BET at the time. Oh, and wow. I was like very, very <laughs> surprised by that. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, like worked at BET, like not like, oh, like I worked there. No, that was her, like her corporate environment was BET. Wow. So wow. we had a lot to discuss. Um, we had a lot in common. She invited me and my friend to another bar nearby. And um, we walked into the bar and there was this like gorgeous, tall, black lesbian bartender with like long locks, like making drinks. And we walked in and the bartender goes, hey, Brooke, to my wife. I was like, how do you know her? Like, she just seemed like the <laughs> coolest person I had ever met in my life. Mm. Um, and so we hung out a little bit. She kissed me while we were at the place. Ooh. But then she gave me her number. Ooh. And um then like we like rode home i like dropped her off in a ca cab at her apartment on the way up to harlem to mine and um she found me on facebook and she sent me a message saying you got my number but i didn't get yours i want you to know i really like you and i'm serious oh, oh that's, that's great silly. i've never gotten a message like that in my entire life so <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe maybe when i get it i'll know but that's fantastic that's the one you yeah. should go so work for bet like pretty much february 13th like right after that been together since then, and our pictures are next to each other in the magazine. Oh, that's oh so God. That is actually sweet. a really great story. I feel what like year was that? Do you, do you mind me? That was in 2010. Oh, oh wow. wow. I, I was also in the Tony... Oh, my God. I should not have called it Tony. But I was I, in the Time I was in single the thing, too. Like Singles issue. 2011, you I were. was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, and it was, it was easily, like, without a doubt, 
one of the worst dates and maybe experiences of my life. Like, how <laughs> wait, did are you, you serious? Tell wait, tell Elliot, us. how did you get in? Yeah, it was just. What'd you say? How did you get in? I just really had wanted to be in for. I always wanted to be in that issue. Yeah, and <laughs> submitted several times, and finally got in, and they set me up with this guy who, like, I think lived at home with his mom in Queens, um, which was already like, uh oh. And then he was like, "I'm a vegetarian," and I'm like okay like that's fine and he was like where should we go and i was like well since you're a vegetarian maybe you might have a better idea and he was yeah. like okay and then <laughs> then i think told the editor that i was rude <laughs> oh, uh, I, even though i was literally like where would you the, like to go conscientious I to cater yeah. To your that's, needs. yeah that's not rude at all yeah i know but we went out and he was he was just he was very bizarre and he kept like he kept making like, I don't even, I really don't know how to describe it, which is not ideal for a podcast, but he just kept doing like childish gestures, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, childish. He and they, had, they gave us a disposable camera to use so they could Ooh. then use that in the magazine. And mm-hmm. he kept taking the, like this is before selfies, of course, or around the same time he took the camera and gave the finger. <gasps> and, and I was like, I remember what? this now. I'm yeah. Really it's like, are you like 11? And, and then well, you anyways, said he was ice cold, but then took yes. one picture of himself alone with like flicking off the camera with yes. his tongue out. And you're like, so yes. you like, you show personality when you're taking a picture alone and you can't like chat. Oh my God. I want to find this magazine issue. And I was so non, I was so, uh, I tried to be, you know, I was, I was polite, but like, he was just so strange. And then he would said the meanest things about me in the, like the review or whatever. He was was cold and he was impolite. And I was like, I literally was just (laughs) trying to be polite to somebody who was so weird. And like, Lived at home yeah. with I got, mommy. I like, got in. What? I got in because of one of the That's most embarrassing. Crazy. Like I can't believe I said yes to it. I remember uh, the People's Improv Theater. I don't think it's. I don't think it's around anymore. But the it, pit, yeah, yeah. But uh, for years they had had a Valentine's Day sort of dating show thing. And for three years in a row, I won because I was the funniest. But the, I never. I, I always kept coming back because it never worked. And so they put me in the timeout singles valentine's day thing because i was the one who held the record for winning the most valentine's day people's improv thing yeah that was me. that's great go, that's go on a date? no i didn't have to go on a date it was more just like a feature on me because you know why not wait wait, wait. so lauren <laughs> did you end up going on a date with anybody else before meeting your wife no because there? it wasn't like setups it was like okay they just put like a catalog of singles in the magazine and then they created this um site and in, where people could email you if they were <gasps> yes. interested. Yes. And I got some of the most bizarre, disturbing messages yeah. from men. Because remember, I had taken women yeah. off of there. So it was straight men. And I, because now at the time, at the, that point, I was dating my wife. And her friend was also in the issue. The same men were sending, like, carbon copy messages to, like, all the, even the gay ones. Like, all yeah, the right. women that were <laughs> in it. Wow. 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 That's so funny. Before you go, I just want to talk about this tweet that went viral that you wrote that I loved uh, earlier this year. You wrote earlier this morning, my wife and I were were walking our dog and we got catcalled. The man said, don't you ladies walk by looking like that? Then he realized we were holding hands and clarified with y'all can hold hands. Just don't look that good. He didn't want to seem homophobic. I'm dead. That is so funny. <laughs> That's honestly so nuts. That, but I feel like that is so clearly a trope in 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 our world now, in a good way. That people can be r- r- rude and you can get catcalled, but the moment they, the moment you might think they're homophobic, they back down. Yeah, he's like, I'm impolite, but not like that. So, like. <laughs> I, I'm evolved. I just, you know, I do want to still catcall you. That's so funny. Oh my God. Can I also throw out, before we let you go, can I throw out my favorite thing was that you had to spend uh, the night at the office for the American Idol finale, like <laughs> like we had just invaded a country or something. Yes, like it was, it like was this yeah. really important event. <laughs> yes, it was like uh, watching the election results. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> was this As like what era of American Idol is this even? Like, I'm like pretty relevant? sure was it Fantasia season because was I think it was around uh, Adam Lambert ish. Mm, Let me see, okay. American uh, Idol winner, yeah, the cr- cr- critical year, 2010. Yeah, I was gonna say that 2010. Be... So we know. 
Oh no, this this is bad. It was Lee DeWise. Oh wow. Oh, I don't even know Lee DeWise. Yeah, that's that was ba- a bad beer. That's um, wild because I, yeah, I not remember worth that. the sweatpants at work. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Wait. Okay, I just remembered something that really made me laugh. So this morning, my wife was like, "What do you have to do today?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm doing a podcast." And she was like, "Oh, whose podcast?" And I was like, "Oh," and I, was, I said Elliot Glazer. And she goes, and she does not know really. She doesn't follow comedy like that. Like she's like not like um, she doesn't listen to podcasts. Like she goes, and she waited like five minutes. She was quiet for like five minutes, and then she turned back and she goes, "I thought that that was his name." Now a couple years ago, Elliot, Uh-oh. there was a lamp that I really wanted. <laughs> It was a palm tree shaped lamp. Yes. And she said she reached out to you on Facebook Marketplace <gasps> oh and you God. didn't get back. Oh, I remember oh, that. You showed me the oh, message. That lamp was so fucking annoying, too. I remember it was, that lamp. It was an aw- I know that lamp. Yeah. It was awful. Because every time well, we would be at Elliot's place for some, and I'm I'm a big yes. person and I would always like bump around into it and get caught in Like my bag would get caught in it. And it was always it was awful. It, on it me. It was terrible. Please tell your wife. That the reason I didn't get back to her was because I'd never used Facebook Marketplace before, and I've never used it since. I was bombarded. I could not believe how many messages I got that I literally was not reading them. I had to stop answering, and I sold wow. it to the first person who I who I responded. The, literally, the first person who said it, it was. I'm still. I don't use Facebook, but the every now and then when I check in to sort of spy on what my mom's posting. Uh, I see that the messages are still coming in for, and I'm, I write, it's sold. The, the I, I sold the lamp years ago. Years ago. So please, please apologize on my You're behalf. You're still getting wow. comments about the lamp? Yes. I well, don't know how I mean, it works. Clearly people, people still remember it, it. But it was like... literally like dozens and dozens of messages. And I'm like, how do I turn this off? So it was not a personal wow. thing at all. I, but no, also I, she, she yeah, she would not have enjoyed the lamp because it was very easy to run into. Yes. Okay, that's good to know. But I just thought that was such a funny coincidence. Like that so... was, she was like, "That's where I know him from." The lamp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, like if that's the that's the pinnacle of my career, I, I, I'll take it. Yeah, take it. Uh, well, you, I think you ended up selling it for what twenty two thousand dollars or something. But anyway, <laughs> Lauren Ashley Smith, thank you so much for doing our podcast. Where can people find you and follow you and support you on the internet? Support. Um, they can listen to my radio show every morning with my sisters on Sirius XM channel 102 Radio Andy. It's called Smith Sisters Live. It's at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern weekdays. Um, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MSLAS. Wonderful. Right, Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you. It was so good to see you guys. And another thing. So I just wanted to share this story. I... I went on a date recently. So I joined Tinder um, after many years uh, not being on Tinder because I was banned. But I joined <laughs> Tinder again. And uh, and anyway, so I went on this date. And on the way to the date, it was like it was kind of a long ride. So I was listening to a podcast uh, that was about it's 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 a podcast that's basically about people who are in really like bad shitty relationships and so it's i'm basically listening to a podcast that says do not trust whomever you meet wait what, <laughs> no what's the name what's the name of it i think it's called something was wrong yes oh. uh, Bra- our, our friend brandy was listening and loves it yeah yeah cool. it's it's a great podcast uh uh produced by a company called wondery never heard of them before but um regardless so i went on this date and so this was like in my head and this was a the more most recent season was particularly intense um and triggering for some so I won't I won't bring it up but it was intense and so I I went on this date and the moment I sat down I was like I don't trust anything this guy says. <laughs> and this is actually one of my like this is a, like a very consistent theme in my life I don't trust gay men. And I'm oftentimes I'm looking for reasons um to, to not trust them. So this is more about my perception of other people than it is about other people. But so during this conversation, we, we sat for maybe 45 minutes before I had had enough um, and left. But during that, uh, during our conversation, he was, he was a nurse and he talked about being a nurse. And at one point I asked him what his specialty was, like what his you know particular area of expertise was. And he paused and he goes, 
um, oncology, like that. <laughs> oh. And I thought it was the weirdest response I've ever had. I've never in my life met a nurse who had who had to pause to tell you their specialty. <laughs> and so, so I guess the question the the question that I'm posing is: Was I right to be skeptical that this person is lying to me that the, perhaps they are in fact not a nurse, or was that too infused by the podcast that I was listening to on the way there? I I don't think you were right initially. To be skeptical, because I feel like when you go into a date, particularly a date, those are one of those situations where you need to leave some things about you behind Mm. before entering into the space so that you can be open to the possibility of love and growth and change. And but at the same time, you know, not be an idiot when he didn't because you asked a very normal question. So what do you do in the field of nursing? Do you work with babies? Do you work with older people? Where, like, That's a totally normal question. And the fact that they would have a reason to pause would then be a red flag for me. Now, I tend to go into situations. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm not a skeptical person. I don't. I take people at face value. But I also, I feel like, have a really high bullshit, bullshit meter. Um, and... A, well, a sensitive bullshit meter. Yeah, yeah that I'm... I'm I, there are moments where sometimes I'm like... I don't know about that. And yeah. it but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily impact I don't doesn't impact the way I believe or not believe a person. It impacts a part of what I think about a person because I don't think no. everyone is out there just lying left and right. I think that's a really bad way of interacting with people. But the nurse thing that moment, yes, that was not impacted by the podcast. That was impacted by you being a rational person and saying that is weird because that is weird. But going into it thinking he's lying, that was the podcast. <laughs> What do you think, Elliot? What did he say before that that also made you f- not so, trust? So, uh, I, I also will say, uh, Alan, I, I I think that's a fantastic point, and I agree with you completely. So the other th- the other thing that I think triggered me early on, and I think this is a, a little laughable. What I liked most about him was his smile. I thought his smile was really nice, and I was like, oh, he's got a great smile. And when I met him, I could tell instantly that it was veneers. Mm. So I think mm. that sort of got me off on the wrong foot where, and by the way, nothing wrong with veneers, but it was like, oh, I, I, it was almost like, it was like literally, literally within a minute. I'm like, oh, it's like an artificial It's all smile. a veneer. It's all, it's all a veneer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you um, think? I, I, I think I'd be in the same spot as you. I mean, I'm pretty gullible in certain ways, but then there's, there is, I guess, the New Yorker in me who doesn't believe anything somebody says, but that's usually with people who are um, like not necessarily delusional, but who are arrogant or trying to prove a point to themselves that I can just, that just is dripping off of them. It's just so clear to me. So the moment that this guy, I don't know the, the the idea that anybody would pause to describe what field of, 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 uh, of nursing they're in, in medicine is hilarious also because it's him choosing the heart, I believe is on college. No, oncology is cancer. cancer. Oh, cancer. It's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, you're, you're, so you're a, a nurse only in cancer? Like, I, I just, you know, there's, <laughs> it doesn't sound plausible to me, um, but I'd also say, like, you might also want to try and working on the complete and total <laughs> distrust of all of all yeah. gay men. That might not be the best place to start, podcaster. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny, though, that, like, when you saw the veneers, you saw that as a sign of someone being inauthentic. Whereas my first reaction to veneers is, "Oh, that's like twenty thousand dollars. This guy makes some yeah, money. he's rich. Yeah, like my first reaction is like, where's the money coming from? How do I get some of it? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> are like, veneers that expensive? Oh, they're incredibly expensive. Veneers is one of the most expensive things you can do to your teeth. I mean, it is. Oh like, my god, it is like it costs so. I mean, my brother got veneers because he of all the surgeries and stuff he had over the years with cerebral palsy. And I think it came to like $15,000 or something. I mean, it's a ridiculous Whoa. amount of money. Is that like uh, when they, they put caps on your teeth? Yeah, so they shave down your essentially your teeth to like little nubs. I had to have some of it for when I like had all the dental problems in chemo. When I was mm. working with nurses who worked in oncology – and I had and I had to have some teeth shaved down and they put like a basically they shave it down and they put just sort of like a cap. It's like a cap on your tooth kind of. And it yeah. creates a perfect smile. You look at Rosie O'Donnell 
or Martin uh, Sheen. Yeah, a lot of famous people yeah. have them. Yeah, Joe Biden uh, probably has them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, wait, does it does it hurt when they shave your tooth down? Often, I mean, I don't no. know if it hurts because it's like they're taking around just the exterior, and I think in many situations, like. I don't. I actually don't know how painful it is, but I don't remember no, no, my no. brother being it's, in too much it's pain. It's not. Haven't you? Have you never had to have like a tooth shaved down if you've cracked it or whatever? Like you've never had to have. Yeah, that? I hate that feeling. But it doesn't oh. hurt. It's just annoying. Oh, okay. It but, smells hmm. disgusting. I will yeah. say it smells disgusting. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> tooth t- d- d- tooth dust is so gnarly. But um, I would be you, you may- something. Oh, go ahead, Ellie. Sorry. Something about the idea, the visual idea of shaved down nubs is so nauseating to me. I could, pretty, that, for some intense. reason, you said that and I could like pass out. So you made a good point though, Alan, and it, it actually, um, yeah, the idea that that I need to put my own biases aside, but also that everyone comes into a into a date generally being a little artificial of who they are. Of course, I mean, even your Tinder yeah. profile, the pictures you put up, like. They're all portrayals of you in the exact best light. And, like, when you fall for someone, you don't just fall for them in the perfect light or them in the perfect sense. You also fall for the bad things, too, and the weird things and the things that you're just like, oh, that's cute but annoying. You know what I mean? Like, you fall for all of it, but you don't want to show that on the first date. Wait, wait, wait. When you say fall for, what are you What are you talking? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean fall for? What does that mean? Fall for them. Like, you don't... Like when you fall for someone in love, fall in love with someone. You... Wait, wait, wait. What? What? What is love? What is that word? Love? I don't I t- understand. See that. now, this is why. See now, Brent. This is a great example. See, I took you seriously because I believe you and I think you are an authentic person as I am. But then uh, now I realize you were doing a bit, which means you are in an inauthentic person. <laughs> <laughs> What would, what would your aunt, aunt say? Uh, Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I, I'm sorry. I didn't have time to listen to the podcast this week. I was too busy packing to move to Russia. <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, what kind of Jew doesn't know the difference between oncology and cardiology? Shame on you. <laughs> it's true. I actually was a little surprised. I know. I know. I got it confused. But but now I know. Uh, Alan, what about Aunt Anne. My Aunt Anne would say, I'll tell you someone I don't believe, the butcher. I go home, I say for a pound of roast beef, and then I weigh it at home, and it's under a pound. <laughs> there you go. She does a little bit of moisture on she the She used home. to do that. She used to do that where she she be, she didn't believe the butcher was giving her, like, adequate cuts of cold cuts. And so she would come home, and she would weigh it on her, like, Weight Watchers scale. <laughs> Wow, that's actually insane. It, it blew is me away. A weight, a weight Watcher scale is just a regular scale, right? It's just a or regular like food a scale watch? thing that just, you know, you scale food to, like, make sure you're not eating such and such more on Thor. But, like, I always loved how spiteful she was that she just knew that this person was, like, fucking her over. Trying to fuck her. As, yeah. if, as, as if there's, like, what is there to gain? I know. Like, right? they, like know. they put two extra slices of roast beef in their pocket and take it home that yeah. night. <laughs> Well, good night. 